in Genesis chapter 26, there was a severe famine in the land and the Lord speaks to Isaac and says, I want you to stay put because I'm going to show you my faithfulness. You see, God does not need an economic boom to make us thrive. He does not need a pristine um, uh, condition in order to make us flourish or make our environment flourish. You see, when Philistine saw that Isaac was planting crops in the middle of the famine or in the middle of the drought, they thought that he was nuts. You see, when God gets us to cast vision in the midst of COVID, in the midst of pestilence, in the midst of famine, some people are going to say, I think you are off the rails. But you see, we must do what God has called us to do because in obedience, we reap the result of blessing. Because verse 12 in Genesis 26, it says that when Isaac obeyed and planted his crops in the middle of famine as Per the Lord's instructions, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted. The Lord blessed him. So I encourage you to pull out your 2020 vision, read it out, declare it, prophesy it, and most importantly, sow into it. I believe 2020 will be a year of divine surprises, divine surprises. You see Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 says, For this vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak. And it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. The word tarry means it will not hinder, it will not delay, not, it will not be late or it will not procrastinate. See, you and I are living in significant times and season. It's time for the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones to awaken and stand in the gap for all that he has for us. Amen. I heard him say he's going to use the wells of our life to bring down the resources of heaven to sustain earth. So get ready, get ready to accelerate. Today, we are the access point for others to obtain his living water. You see, just like a physical well is the access point for physical water, you and I are the access point for his living water to a dying and thirsty world. See, the prayers we pray, we're digging wells. The servanthood we give to others, we're digging wells. Fresh water for others. Going to the nations, we're digging wells. Just to name a few, all of it bringing the life of heaven to earth. I believe God is calling us to redig some wells and pioneer some new wells. He's about to use this generation to redig some old and to redig some new. I believe he's calling this generation to redig wells of revival, redig wells of healing, redig wells of breakthrough, redig wells of friendship, redig wells of unity, redig wells of boldness and courage, redig wells of love, redig wells of prayer and fasting, redig wells of the mighty move of God to usher in the kingdom of God. See, our mission and mandate has never changed. Now more than ever, he's wanting us to step out and take this gospel to the four corners of the earth. And I pray that you will not hesitate, not a moment longer, that we will use whatever that has been entrusted to us so that we can, you know, go take this to the ends of the world. We all know the story of Job. Nobody of us want to go through the trials and the tribulations that Job went through. Job was physically sick. He had loved ones die. 
he um, basically went belly up financially, losing his home and all of his wealth, and just attacked from every angle. I mean, just to be covered with boils alone would be so dang depressing that it, everything would just seem hopeless. But God had a plan all along. And so when I read the book of Job, and when I pray for you today, I hear God say, I'm sovereign. I've got South Africa and the church there in the palm of my hand. And it doesn't matter what things look like on the outside. It's what God is bringing forth inside of you, and then it will manifest it on the outside. You're going to come through better, bigger, and more blessed. And that's what happened to Job. We see at the very end of Job, it's Job chapter 42, how it says, The Lord blessed the latter years more than the beginning. And that's the word of the Lord for you individually, for your churches, and for your nation. That the Lord is going to bless. The end of this is going to be better than the beginning of it was. We thought things couldn't get worse. And they may get worse. But God says, that's the way it looks like on the outside. On the inside of my church, I'm advancing you. I'm blessing you. I'm bringing you forth to a place of victory where you're going to get to enjoy the spoils of war. And I think the spoils are going to be things like we're going to know God better. We're going to know his presence in our life, and it's going to be so sweet. It's going to strengthen us. It's going to lift our heads, and it's going to take us to places that we never even dreamt of. And so the presence of God is going to be more tangible to us, and I think that's the biggest blessing of all. But another spoil we're going to get to enjoy is we're going to have a lot of brothers and sisters that are going to come to the Lord. This is the day of salvation. This is harvest time, and I don't want you, church, to miss your moment of opportunity. God wants us to shine bright in this dark, dark world that may look hopeless to everybody else. We see the opportunity of advancing the kingdom of God, of shining bright for Him. So stay strong, church. Be encouraged. God is on the throne. He's not worried, and you shouldn't be either. We love you. We're going to keep praying for you. Pray for us, too. God bless you, and we'll see you in person real soon. And I just want to say on behalf of, of the United States, uh, South African contribution in the United States has been unbelievable. There isn't a Christian leader in this country who doesn't know about the South African influence here. And you guys have blessed us tremendously. I'm sure you guys always feel like you're on the, uh, on the receiving end of blessing to a large degree. But and not in this country. In this country, we are well aware of the significant influence you guys have had, and thank you so much for that over the years. It's been so powerful. There have been three things that God's, God showed me recently and, and uh, uh, about what God's going to be doing in South Africa, and I believe He's already doing even now. And um, He gave me a picture of a set of lungs, and, 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 he, and He gave me a picture of those pair of lungs, and He said, like, the, 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 the lungs of the world are going to be South Africa. The South African church are going to be like the lungs of my spirit, says the Lord. And I'm going to use the South African church to breathe upon the entire world and infect the entire world with a contagion that's going to be so powerful, it's going to release my spirit to a greater and greater degree. And um, I believe that one of those three things that God said on my heart is signs and wonders and miracles. That South Africa is going to, right now I think more kind of the, the worldwide center for signs and wonders and miracles is probably more uh, South America. But I just believe that that's going to be changing and that's going to be shifting to a greater and greater degree. Um, I, I believe that South Africa is going to see an upwelling and a greater release and a greater uh, distribution of signs and wonders and miracles happening, not just from, you know, 
the professional uh, leaders in the church, certainly, you know, the leaders of the church will have a mighty hand in all of it and be leading and guiding it and, and governing it in a wise way, godly way. But I believe just rank and file people are going to start to prophesy. The Bible says in the last days, I'll pour out a spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy and so forth. So we know that that's going to take place. And then the second thing is, I believe God's going to be using women to a greater and greater degree within the South, South uh, African church. And that God's going to release them to minister in ways that they haven't traditionally been ministering in, but it, it, is, but it is completely biblical. And uh, when you look at the New Testament church and you see the impact of New Testament women and having churches in their homes and uh, all the incredible impact that they had, um, it, it just, it just we, we know that, that women in general have that contribution to make. But when Cindy and I visit South Africa over and over again, we keep being impressed by the incredible contribution that South African women have and what they can unleash in the church today, I think, is going to be explosive. And then the last of those three areas is family. I believe that there is such an incredible contribution that you guys had to, in a, in a season and a time worldwide where the family is under such attack. When I go to South, South Africa, I see the family being such a stalwart, such an incredibly powerful uh, emblem of what Christianity is all about. And I think in a time of upheaval in our political systems and influence being pressed in from all different directions and different things competing to, to take over and have you know the, 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 the greatest level of influence within our culture, it's the church that's gonna raise up and it's gonna shine through with that whole culture of family that's going to be so stabilizing, so liberating, and so freeing to the rest of the, to your country and to the world. Those three things, signs, wonders, and miracles, the influence of women, and I believe the power that family has to offer your, your country is going to be such an incredibly powerful thing. All three of those things are going to be like lungs to the world that are going to breathe life into the incredible nation of South Africa and going to breathe life into the world, the church worldwide. God bless you. We love you. We're praying for you always. God bless you. It's a privilege to share with you at the KZN Equip. And I just feel some things prophetically. I feel God is raising up big wave riders in KZN who can move with and in the waves of God. Big wave riders in the spirit to ride his waves. Good surfers position themselves for the coming wave and they start paddling when they see it coming. And I see you as a prophetic people who see the wave coming. Prepare for the future and become the future. I felt God say over KZN in South Africa, this is your time. This is your Kairos time. There's doomsday, doomsday is around, but I feel like God is saying full bloom, fullness, Kairos time. A time of opportunity. I saw lights like pinpricks shining across South Africa. Portals and gateway hubs across South Africa of heaven to earth. The Lord is touching South Africa through churches that are hubs and bases and gateways. Churches that carry the glory of God and change atmospheres and extend their influence into the marketplace. Uh, Genesis 28, angels are ascending and descending on assignment over South Africa. There's a fullness of destiny and a Kairos season for South Africa. The Lord is saying, wake up church to this Kairos time and opportunity. I also feel that Durban is a key city in God's end time plan. I see explosions in the spirit and waves coming from the region uh, transversing the globe. I sense a profound hunger of God in KZN. 
Uh, the Lord rewards hunger. And many of you have been through an intense season and have been forged in fire. Some of you have learned that apart from him, you can do nothing. John 15, 5. Isaiah 66 speaks of giving birth. And I feel many are giving birth to vision, birth to dreams, to new expressions and strategies from heaven. Will he bring you to the point of delivery and not bring the birth? Isaiah 66, 9. And I feel like there's many giving birth to fresh expressions even that extend into the marketplace. The Lord is speaking about you being an alarm clock to the nation from Zechariah 4.1, where it speaks of being roused as one from sleep. There's a wake-up call. There's a wake-up call to destiny, a wake-up call to the nations, to the times we're in, and to the pain and need of society. And the Lord is saying, you are the church without walls, Zechariah 2.1. I see you uh, impacting the marketplace uh, in greater measure, the Lord is the fire and the glory within, like the painting behind me. The Father is releasing radical inheritance over you. Radical inheritance. I feel the Lord is raising up entrepreneurs in KZN in a profound way that will have global, not just national reach. Even sitting in the meeting today, entrepreneurs, you are not just entrepreneurs, but kingdompreneurs. Kingdompreneurs. God is speaking about KZN being an innovation hub. Innovation. With the church on the forefront, Isaiah 54, Genesis 1, Zechariah 4, innovation, creativity and invention, extending the kingdom, innovation in farming, innovation in technology, showing what God is like in society, releasing resources. God is raising up the Josephs, the Nehemiahs and the Daniels among you for solutions in society. Rain and harvest. There's a pouring out and a momentum that is unstoppable. New fresh wells are being opened up and old wells unblocked. Waves and wells. The Lord has heard your cries, but he has also seen your tears. The Lord says, sorrow in the night, but joy comes in the morning. Um, a radical season is coming to the church in South Africa. Radical boldness, radical dreaming, radical living, radical glory of God, radical obedience, radical honor, radical freedom, radical faith, radical harvest. The Lord is raising up an army of burning ones. There's a new sound and a new language. And I sense such a heavy favor and a fresh confidence on the church. If God is for us, who can be against us? Then God is saying, I believe, don't be silent in the year of the mouth. Tyron brought us this thing about the Hebrew year of the mouth, the year 5780. And God is saying, don't be silent at this time um, to proclaim Jesus and demonstrate the gospel of the kingdom. Speak well of your city. Speak well of your country, for the Lord is jealous over South Africa. It will be said among the nations, God has done great things for us, Psalm 126. But I really believe that God is uh, uh, issuing a call to prayer for the nations. And I just feel there's something of a fresh impetus for prayer uh, for the nations. We were birthed in this. And um, I just hear the Lord declaring across the nations, My house shall be a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it dot, dot, dot. But you have made it dot, dot, dot. And I feel like, um, some, what have we made it? But I, I just feel God is saying, come back to prayer for the nations. Maybe you already have that passion. Maybe you're already doing it. But I just I feel like in God's end time program, that we need to rediscover or, uh, the fresh impetus for prayer for the nations. Um, I see a radical warfare over you, warrior nation. And... Uh, <clears throat> I feel God saying, forget the former things. God's doing a new thing. He's reserved the best wine until last for the Church of South Africa. Intoxicating new wine. Experiencing his intoxicating new wine. Zechariah 4 verse 11 to 14 speaks of the anointed ones. Also translated, the sons of fresh oil. Standing next to the Lord of the whole earth. 
Well, God is releasing the sons of fresh oil of KZN. Um, it says here in Zechariah, golden oil into the whole earth. Every sphere, every nation, an unprecedented outpouring is coming to the nation. God has been preparing uh, KZN for a wave. And I prophesy the waves and tsunamis of the glory of God over KZN and over South Africa. Let God arise. Let God arise. Arise, shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises on you, rises on you. Amen. A very short encouragement. I just want to get straight into it. Uh, it is generally understood that in the Hebrew language that uh, vocabulary was formed out of how things sounded as well as how things were defined. Uh, what I mean by that is we have this English word called onomatopoeia, and I say it's English, it's actually a Greek word. Uh, but it, it means that, that words are created from how they sound. Now, if I look at the Hebrew language, we've got uh, ruach. Now, ruach is... is uh, formed by how something has sounded. Now, what I mean by that is you take the word ruach, which is Hebrew for wind, and it would have been the sound of the wind. So it would have been something like this, and please forgive my impression, ruach, ruach. It would have been the wind blowing, and they would have tried to describe that to one another, and that's the word that they came up with. It was later used in, in Genesis in, as the spirit, uh, the Spirit of God hovering over the land. So the Spirit of God had a sound that they either imagined or the writer could hear as he was writing the text. Ruach as the sound of the Spirit hovering over the land. And then later in Exodus, we see that Ruach is used again to describe breath. And it would be a bit like when someone has drowned and, and been brought back to life. It would have been that Ruach. It was a ruach, and it would have been something that they've heard, and they've said that is how we want to describe that. And so you have this one word, ruach, that describes both wind, spirit, and breath. Now, in the English, we have something similar, um, where we have one word that describes a couple of things. We have it across a lot of different uh, platforms. But the word I want to look at today is spelled L-I-V. And some of you will hear that and say, well, that is the word live, to live, to be alive. You know, you live, we sort of live passively. Um, living is a verb. Uh, to live is, is to have life. And it's almost a passive thing, that if you're well in your body, uh, you don't have to think about uh, living. You just are. You just live. And it's by the grace of God that we are able to breathe and, and live the way we do today. But some of you will hear L-I-V-E and you will hear the word live. Now live is a very different word. Live is an adjective. It means to be present. It means to be wired. It means to be plugged in. It's, it's something that broadcasters use when it's coming across, being beamed live. It's, it's active. It has... It has something about it that grabs our attention. And you know, unfortunately, in the Hebrew and in the Greek, they never had the opportunity to use anything that means live. They had live, but they didn't have live. But it wouldn't take a rocket scientist to work out that when you read something in 1 Thessalonians 3 and verse 8, for now we really live, for now we really live, 
because you are standing firm in Christ. You're standing firm in the Lord. It is that we really live. It's live. We are live. And what I want to say to you, and I want to encourage you, you're going to see folks drawn to you that are in governance, positions of government and of governors that are going to come to you as the saints, as the church, as leaders and those that are being led, which is all of us actually, because we are led by Christ. We are led in the spirit, the Ruach of God. So guys, please, please know that in this time, it is not good enough to just be living. By the grace of God, we live each day. We have each breath he gives us. But that breath that we have, that Ruach, is, is more than just one breath. It is the name of God. As someone once famously said, uh, the, the name of God, Yahweh, is four letters in Hebrew. It's yod Hey va Hey, And that actually, if we use that general knowledge we have of how the Hebrew language was formed, is actually the sound of us breathing. yod va yod va It's not just breath, it's breathing. It's not just living, it's it's life, it's live, being live. And you know, everything that has breath praises the Lord because it is the name of God that is coming out. It's not able to be written down. It's not got vowels per se. We've made it into Yahweh. But that's the same for us when we look at the word live and live. It's spelt the same. When it's written down, it's just acknowledged as being one or the other. But when people come to you and the governments of these places will come to you, the governors of different regions will come to you. And I think this is something that's going to happen across the world. But they're going to come to you and they're going to want that life, that live, flowing, living waters. Not just being, I live, but actually being, I'm alive. Because Christ is in me. The old is gone, the new has come. I am a new creation. And yes, all has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the free gift of Christ is life eternal. And I have that eternity in me. That life eternal. And it's living and it's bubbling and it's live. And I'm plugged in to the Saviour. And it will change your governance, your governors and your government as they come to you. So be encouraged church. Be encouraged, saints. God is doing something incredible at this time. Bless you.